to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. See, Christmas triggers a lot of emotions, doesn't it? We have all the, the lovely ones of love, joy and peace and of the excitement of ha- celebrating with family and opening presents and the joy of giving and uh, being with um, people that we haven't seen in a long time. But on the flip side of that, we've also got the negative ones that come and all the, the joy and the peace and the peace and goodwill that the angels decreed over Jesus when he was born sort of gets lost in the ru- mad rush before Christmas, the panic of buying presents, the worry about what am I supposed to get that person... It's also, Christmas also highlights um, strained finances, strained relationships, strained marriages. It highlights people that um, have passed away that we miss and that we think about around Christmas or people that are overseas that we can't see. There's a lot of emotions that come up in Christmas, come up at Christmas. And it's sort of like waves, isn't it? I don't know if you've experienced that, but waves of emotion that just crash in on your life and then recede again and then crash in on your life again. And you either just end up like a a wet fish drowned on the beach or you stand firm and strong like a statue and they don't knock you over. And I suppose most of us are somewhere in between that when it comes to managing our emotions. You know, the average person has about 30,000 thoughts a day. Just think of that. And I'm sure women have probably more than that. They've probably had about (laughs) 50,000 thoughts a day. And attached to every thought, and this is scientifically proven, attached to every thought is an emotion. So that's the emotions that we're feeling throughout the day. So when you think you feel, but it's what you do with those thoughts and feelings that are going to make the difference, that are going to make you someone who is managing the emotions or someone who's controlled by their emotions. And we all know what it's like to get caught up in that force of emotions. I remember a time when uh, John and I were taking our kids to see a musical in the city. And we gave ourselves plenty of time. The musical started at 7.30. We gave ourselves plenty of time. I think we left at about quarter to six. And um, we thought, we'll get to the city about quarter to seven. We'll find a car park and near the tennis centre somewhere, and we'll be able to enjoy. Anyway, well, wouldn't you know, once we got to Hoddle Street, the traffic was added, uh, which is Hoddle Street, for those listening on podcasts, a couple of kilometres before the tennis centre, and the traffic had come to a standstill. And we were getting more agitated and agitated as the time started ticking by. And this was about 6.30, quarter to seven, so we've still got time. We'll be okay, we'll be okay. And cars started coming in, and you know, you, you think you're in the, the best lane, but then cars come and sneak in lanes next to you where they're not supposed to, and then they end up being ahead of you so, that you, so you're not moving forward anymore because you keep getting cars ahead of you. Well, John and I were getting more narky and narky with one another. Well, you should get in that lane. Well, I'm not going there. And we were getting so angry, and there were our kids sitting in the back seat. Wondering, you know, what are, what are we going to do with all this? I mean, they didn't know how to handle it. So then what we did is we stopped and we looked at each other and we turned around and we said to the kids, you know what, we're going to use this as a time of really understanding what it is to manage emotions. We're going to make you emotionally resilient. We want to show you what we're going through because we're not handling it well. And I can see John looking at me. No, we didn't because we didn't. No, I wish I could say we said that. <laughs> I wish I could say... I wish I could say that's what we did as mature Christians we turned around we said to our kids you know things are going to happen in life where this happens and it's how we manage emotions right now that shows our maturity 
No, we just kept yelling at each other, just kept getting more angry and angry. And by the time we got to the tennis centre, it was quarter to eight. The show had already started. There was no parking left at all. A guy came up to us, a parking attendant, and said, you'll have to park at South Bank, which is I don't know how many kilometres away, and get a train back in. So, of course, we didn't do that. We parked in an illegal car park because we paid for this ticket, so we were going to go and see that musical. We got in about 8, I think the musical finished about 9.30. We sort of enjoyed it, you know, apart from all the emotional stress that we'd been feeling. And, of course, when we got out, we had a parking ticket. <laughs> so it was a great night. <laughs> you know, our ability to think and feel, like, our emotions aren't wrong. It's, it's what gives us our ability to think and feel. It's how we experience life. And God gave us our emotions to understand, uh, to understand him because he's an emotional God. If we look in the book of Psalms, we find that it's full of emotions. We only have to read through all the emotions in Psalms of jealousy, envy, betrayal, guilt, shame, anger, rejection, loyalty, love, passion, desire. So emotions in and of themselves aren't wrong. We can't always help what we feel, but it's what we do with those emotions and how we respond to them that makes a difference. See, we were made in God's image. As I said before, God is emotional. God is love. All his emotions are based and rooted in love. So we're naturally wired for love. But because we live in a broken world, we've learnt to experience fear. So we've learnt what fear is. We've learnt to be worried, to be anxious, to be frustrated, to be insecure, to be bitter, to be hateful, to be defensive, to get offended. They're the things that we've learnt in life. But that's not who we truly are. When we're born again, God, we have the Spirit of God living in us and he is love. So we need to learn to wire out those bad emotions and those bad thoughts. And the good news is, is that God has given us brilliant minds to do that. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us and he's given us brilliant minds to be able to wire out the, the wrong thoughts that we're thinking and to wire in love over those thoughts, dissolve those wrong thoughts and to build the love thoughts that he's given us. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And remember, God never tells us to do anything that we can't do. So if he says, be conformed to this world, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, we can do that. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Because we have the power, the fullness of the Godhead in us and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So we can do it. The Bible says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. See, God is love, and the more you fill your life with God, the less fear you're going to have, the less negative emotions you're going to have. It can happen. It might not happen overnight, but it can happen. See, you may not be where you need to be now, but you're a lot further than you've been before. See, you, you're still not part... Andrew Womack says, I've left the garage and I'm on the road, I'm on the journey. Now, you might get some um, flat tyres along the way and hit potholes and hit other people and rocky roads and you might even fall asleep at the wheel sometimes. But God has got you on the journey. So encourage yourself. We can manage our emotions. And there's four reasons why we need to do that. Number one, we can't trust them or rely on them. Proverbs says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Yeah. See, our emotions will lie to us and they'll make us think, 
think things about ourselves and believe things about God and about other people that just aren't true. But it's the, the perception of our inner world that makes us think that. They're an indication of what we believe, but they're not always an indication of the truth of what's going on around you. So just because you feel something doesn't make it true. Number two, if we don't control our emotions, they'll control us and we'll be devoured by the enemy. 1 Peter says, Control yourselves and be careful. The devil, your enemy, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. You see, if you get offended quickly, defensive quickly, if you get moody or grumpy or morose quickly, if things don't go your way and you get grumpy, the enemy's going to have a field day with you because they're all footholds that he's going to take in your life to try and build more of that negative stuff into your life. It says in Ephesians, don't be pa- so be passionate, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you because that's what will happen. Your emotions can manipulate you. Number three, the third reason why we need to manage our emotions. We are called to live by the spirit and not the flesh. When we're born again, we've given our lives to Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit is in us. We're to live by that spirit and not by the habits of our old nature because our old nature is dead. It was crucified with Jesus at the cross. So we need to get rid of all those habits of our old nature, all those ruts that we've made in our roads that we keep falling into. We need to smooth them over. We need to get rid of those old habits. It's the Spirit of God in us that gives us the resurrection life and power to do that, to overcome our flesh, our old sinful nature, because the Bible says in John 16, he, he the Spirit, will guide us in all truth. So he's there to do that for us, but it's whether we allow him to operate in us in that way. Romans 8 verse 5 to 6 in the Passion Translation says, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Do you want life and peace? That's what I want. Not only over this Christmas season, but I want life and peace in the years to come. So I want to learn to manage my emotions and not let people's reactions affect me and, and produce negative emotions in me. And number four, another reason why we want to manage our emotions is that we want to position ourselves for success in life. So we want to have the victory and the abundant life that Jesus promises us. Another term for... Managing emotions or being mature in your ability to manage your emotions is what the secular world calls emotional intelligence or EQ, your emotional quotient. And this is what it is. It's a capability of individuals to recognise their own and other people's emotions, to discriminate between different feelings and to label them appropriately, to use emotional information to guide thinking and behaviour and to manage and adjust emotions to adapt to environments or achieve one's goals. So if you can manage your emotions, you can achieve great success in life when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. But what can often happen in the secular world is that people use this emotional intelligence to manipulate and control people. You just think of people who are trained in sales Oh, we're not going to say any further because it's derogatory towards people. But some people are trained that way to manipulate your emotions to get you to buy things, aren't they? 
you know, the, those people who come to your door, they've, they've done training to do that, to try and get on your emotional side so that you'll listen to them. So I know a big part, so a big part is that we become aware, self-aware and aware of our emotions so we know when we are being manipulated and controlled by ourselves, by other people and by the enemy. So, so a big part for us in fulfilling the purposes of God in our lives is to be, and to be successful into what he's called us to do is to manage our emotions, to recognise where they're coming from, know what's making us upset and angry and to deal with them and to manage them. Maybe not right at that time, but right at the time you might just have to say, I can't deal with that now, but this is what I'm feeling. Go home and process it with God. Why am I feeling like that? Where has that come from? And you need to be teachable. If you want a high EQ, you need to be teachable because sometimes in business and when, when people are looking for people for jobs... They're actually looking for emotional intelligence above um, intelligence. So it's so important to have, to be self-aware about your emotions. I just want to tell you something really quickly, which, which at the time I thought I was right. I was having coffee with a friend and I was telling her about how I was, John was telling me about this great job that was coming up and he was really excited about it. And, um, and it, but it was for friends and... You know when you work for friends, they can always... It's, you just have to be careful. Anyway, so, but John was really excited about this job because he was looking forward to doing it. It was a great job to do. He loved the people. And so the first thing I said to him was, well, good, but you really need to make sure that when you write the quotes and when you do the work every day, that you need to say every day exactly what the amount is. And John's face just dropped. And he said, oh, well... Aren't you just excited about the fact that we've got this great job coming up? I mean, isn't that good? Isn't that a blessing? And then I got upset because John's face went, you know, mm. so then, of course, that triggered in me, like, oh, don't look at me like that. You always look at me like that when you get annoyed, and I hate that. Da -da -da -da. And so I go down that road. Now, maybe you're, you don't do that, but I'm being vulnerable here, and um, I can do things like that, believe it or not. Anyway, I was telling a friend about it. And I was saying, oh, you know, when John said that and then I said this, all I was trying to say was, you know, be careful. And he got all moody and... And um, she said to me, but Jenny, she said, when you said that to John, you, your emotions were, you were acting out of fear. You weren't acting out of love. Now, I didn't really like hearing that, but it's true. I was. Straight away I was fearful about what could happen with these friends if, um, if, the, you know, if things go a bit askew. And I was fearful. So what I should have done was just let John enjoy that moment and say, yep, that's great. And maybe a little while later say, actually, I was thinking about that and I'm just a little bit worried that this could happen, so can we just be a bit careful? And he would have been in a much better place to hear that. Or I could have just said nothing and just trusted him. So we need to recognise where our emotions are coming out of fear or coming out of a place of love. And it's not always easy to do that because everything in us wants to be right, doesn't it? And wants to, to give our point and say what we think is right. Another reason I wanted to talk to you about emotions was that, you know, sometimes we think, you know, it doesn't matter if I feel grumpy, it doesn't matter if I feel down today, it doesn't matter if I snap at the kids, it doesn't matter if I get annoyed at the sales assistant, it doesn't matter because that's just how I feel today. You don't know what's going on in my life, you don't know the pressure that I'm under, this is just how I feel, so I'm going to just be grumpy because I feel like it. And a lot of us think we can get away with that. But they're the little foxes 
that hinder our relationship with God. These unmanaged negative emotions eat away at the fruit of the spirit that God is developing in us. Song of Songs says, You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes which hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted in you. So, you, you know, no matter... This is the revelation that God showed me, that no matter how much you read the word and pray and ask for God's kingdom to be fulfilled in your life, if you're not dealing with the little stuff, if you're not dealing with your emotions and managing your inner world so that it aligns with God's world, then, you, then all that stuff is going to be eating away at the fruit that God's trying to develop in you. You know, we think, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I was someone who always used to do the silent treatment because that was my way of thinking, well, if I just don't say anything, then you're going to come around, you know. And the thing is, that's never worked. The silent treatment's never worked. And we can all agree with that. Exploding actually never works, does it? You get super angry and mm -mm -mm, that doesn't work either. So how do we do it? How do we manage our emotions? Because it's really a big deal. Because we want to get rid of those little foxes and we want to live a, a life full of the love of God so that we're a reflection to other people, so that we're a reflection to our kids. We want to manage our emotions well so that we teach our kids to be emotionally resilient. So we teach our kids to be stable people, to be not rocked to and fro by their emotions. And, you know, John and I, we would admit to each other that we probably haven't always done a great job of that because we used to argue a lot in front of our kids. And I think I've said that before, and we've offered to pay for therapy if they need it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but surprisingly, they have turned out really well because God is good, and um, he will use all things for his glory. So how do we do it? And I'm going to give you a scripture. Firstly, it's not by our power, is it? It's by the Holy Spirit. So it's not by power. Not by might, sorry, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the power of the spirit in us that does it. So, And I'm going to give you a scripture that will help you to remember the keys to managing your emotions. And it's a scripture that I think most of you will know. And it's from Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So let's go over those just very quickly. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, we can't trust our own emotions. So we need to trust God, to believe that he is good and honest, that he's safe and that he's reliable and that what he says in his word is true. Because how many times do we read the word and then we're like the man who looks in the mirror and goes away and forgets what he looks like? We read the word and go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we walk away and then something happens, a problem arises, and we go, ah! Because we've forgotten what the word says. We've forgotten what God has said about us and about who he is for us. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Our heart contains powerful emotions, doesn't it? It contains powerful affections and desires. And they're all intertwined within our thinking and they shape our mindsets and they shape our actions. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. 
So we want to trust God with our heart. We want to trust God with our emotions. When there's negative ones, we want to trust God that what he's saying to it to us is right, that to replace those negative, fearful emotions with his love. And at that point in time when you're having an argument with someone and it's all happening, nothing in you really wants, nothing in your own um, flesh really wants to, um, to be loving to that person. You just want to keep pushing back at them because you want to be right. Isaiah 26 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. You see, when you fix your thoughts on God and live in his word and trust his word, then you're going to see yourself through him. And you're going to see him in you and what he's doing in you and what he's done in you. And you want to be that reflection of God to other people. Don't you? You want to be that reflection of God to your family and to your friends. You want to minister to people through your own life by how you behave and how you act. You want to be a, you want to be a walking ministry that people just see you and go, wow, you know, I really want what you've got. Yeah. That peace and that calmness and that stability in being able to manage your emotions. So if you don't know God, if you don't know your identity in God or trust him, then you're not going to be able to manage your emotions. Your emotions are going to control you because as soon as someone says something negative about you, it's going to make you fall in a heap. See, a lot of what you believe about yourself is based on perceptions of reality that you've developed in your families of origin or in life experiences growing up. And we all know that stuff that's happened at school, stuff that's happened between friends, stuff that's happened in family, things that parents have said to you that they've said in anger that aren't true and that they didn't mean to, but they said it and it sticks. It really sticks and it's hard. I remember my dad once said to me, it's always your fault. So you grow up with this feeling of it's always my fault. So you're always trying to fix things around you all the time. So it's not your fault. And a lot of the emotions you feel now are attached to thoughts and memories of things that people have said or done or, or people that you've known in the past or things that have happened. So something might trigger, with our five senses, something might trigger like a smell or a touch or a taste or you hear a song and it brings back a memory and then you can easily go down that road of emotion and it takes you to, to a, a not a helpful place. And often I'm in the car driving and I hear a song come up and it's just too emotional. I don't want to go there so I turn it off and I just think about other things or, or talk to God or put on a happy song. Do you know what I mean? So our emotions can be really rocked to and fro every day. So we need to check our emotions against the truth of what God says. We need to trust him with all our heart and then check our emotions. So, for example, I was having coffee with some friends the other day and someone said something to me which... It's not that it wasn't nice, but it triggered, some, some, it triggered rejection in me. And my normal default position in the past would be to allow all those emotions to come over me and then to sort of withdraw a bit and just say, I just want to get home now and I just want to forget about that and get on with other things and not even deal with the emotion. So when that happened, when she said that, because I've been practising this, I found myself saying, you know what, God, that's not what you think of me. You, I'm your favourite. You love me. And who I am in you is powerful. And so I was able to rise above that feeling of rejection, which has in the past been a common thing for me, and to speak God's truth into my life. And then go home and say, okay, God, that happened. Why am I still feeling? Why did that trigger? 
and deal with it. Like bring that hurt or that woundedness to God and allow him to flood you with his love and, and talk to you about it. Because you always have to listen to that loving, kind voice that's full of the, of the spirit. Because that's, that's the voice of God. The voice of God is always saturated in love. See, even when he convicts you of something that you're feeling or something maybe that an attitude that you've got that's wrong, he'll still do it with mercy and kindness because that's who he is. The second one, so it was trust in the Lord with all your heart. So don't trust your own emotions. Lean not on your own understanding. So don't let your emotions tell you what's right or wrong. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't let your emotions control you because your, your own emotions will tell you that it's this way and it's this way and it's that and they don't like you because of this and because you said that and no one's thinking anything like that at all. But your emotions will tell you that. So we need to challenge our emotions. So we need to check them and then we need to challenge them. Because if you don't, you'll be manipulated by your own feelings and your moods. Because you know this morning you woke up with a mood. You woke up with an attitude, a mindset. And everything that you do today will move in the direction of that mood and that attitude and that mindset that you've got. So if you wake up grumpy, which for the last, not the last five years, prior, I know I've woken up grumpy, prior about oh, seven, eight years ago, I used to wake up every morning feeling this pressure of, I've missed the boat. I've missed the boat. I haven't fulfilled the purpose of God. It's too late. Da, da, da. And I would feel so down about it. But at the time, I didn't really pick myself up and say, no, that's not true. This is who God says you are. Because I didn't understand my identity in God. So I didn't know what to do with those emotions. And they really affected me. And it wasn't actually until four or five years ago that I actually had a real revelation of the identity of, of who I am in God. And it changed my life. So what I'm speaking to you today is, is from, from experience. It's the truth. So, so listen to what I'm saying because the Holy Spirit saying to you, you need to manage your emotions. If you're going to receive the fullness of me, if you're going to um, you know, walk in a life that completes the destiny that I have for you, that all the purposes that I have for you, if you want to have abundance and peace and joy and love, you need to manage your emotions. So we need to challenge every motion because you know what the Bible says? We have the mind of Christ and in Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we have the mind of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit in us who reveals the thoughts and purposes of Christ and helps us to understand the mysteries of God and his perceptions above our own. And you know it's a mystery, isn't it? How you can have the peace that passes understanding in your heart even when problems explode around you or when people explode around you, that you can have that peace that passes all understanding, that you don't have to let other people's moods affect you, other people's explosions steal your joy. I remember one time I was in a, with a group of friends and we were chatting and this one person was quite, can be quite um, controlling and opinionated and they were saying something that I didn't really agree with, although I couldn't prove it. I didn't really agree with it. And so we, we, the argument was getting a bit bigger and bigger. And, um, and I felt the Holy Spirit was getting a bit uncomfortable. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, diffuse it, diffuse this. So I said to the person, well, you know what? It's hard to prove either way. And you actually could be right. So I responded out of love, not fear of having to be right myself. 
And something changed in that room right then and there. It was like you could feel it physically in the air. Something just changed. And I remember um, a friend coming up to me later on and saying, did you feel that? Did you feel that change in the air? Did you feel the shift in the atmosphere? So I was able to diffuse it just by being obedient to God. I didn't feel like doing it, but I did it. And that person just then just started speaking in a, a really lovely tone and the whole conversation changed. So we have to have the mind of, of Christ. Jesus did that, had the mind of Christ on the earth. He showed us how to manage emotions. He felt them, but he was obedient to God. Think of all the stress, stressful emotions that he went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. That he sweated drops of blood, but he was deliberate in his actions and his thoughts. And he said to, to, to God, not my will, but yours. And that's what we need to say to God, not my will. Not my emotions, not my attitudes, but yours. So we need to challenge them. Because let me ask you a question. When you get annoyed at someone and you're leaning on your own understanding and you're airing your frustration and you're venting your feelings and you're telling them the things you don't like about them, have you ever found that it makes them want to change? If I've nagged at John about um, things that I want him to do, I've never heard him say, I really want to do that. I really want to do what you say. <laughs> I've never heard him say that. 35 years of marriage, I've never heard him say that. Not when I'm nagging. And, not, and vice versa, it's not just a woman that nags, a husband can nag too. Vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been at a, at, in, a, in a line at Woolies or Coles? And got irritated at the checkout because they're talking to the person in front of you and just being really chatty and you've, you've got an appointment to make. Have you ever found that getting angry makes you get better service? No. Have you ever sat in a car like Walter and got so angry at the drivers around you? Have you ever found that then suddenly the road parts in front of you? And no, it never happens. So those emotions cause us stress. Those emotions cause us issues in our life. And if we don't manage them, we actually can get physically sick from all those stressful, stressful emotions. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Check your emotions with God. Lean not on your own understanding don't let your emotions control you. Challenge them. Are they coming from a place of love or are they coming from a place of fear? But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And we're going to talk about how we can change them through acknowledging him. So to acknowledge is to admit to be real or true, to recognise the existence, truth or fact of, to recognise that God is who he says he is. So in all the ways you think, the ways you act, the way you re react and relate to people, in the way you react with your emotions, acknowledge God. See, reaction is the key word here. You can't control the events or the circumstances that happen around you. You can't always avoid the emotions that arise in you. But you can control and you can change your reaction. So when someone says something nasty to you, you don't have to react back to them because often it's more about them than it is about you and you not saying anything is actually more powerful 
So is the way we speak and react to people a reflection of how God speaks and reacts to us? Let me say that again. Is the way we speak and react to people a reflection of how God speaks and reacts to us? Because it should be. That's a big call, isn't it? And we're all on a journey and we're all going to get there. We're further along than we were yesterday. So stay encouraged. This is not to make you feel bad about yourself. It's to encourage you. Yes, we can change our emotions. Yes, we can control them. Yes, we can manage them. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So acknowledge Jesus in everything you do, in every word you say, in, in every act that you do. Are you acknowledging God in it? May the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes my only redeemer, my protector, God. Because your heart is revealed in your words. So if, you're, if your heart is trusting God, then you're going to have words of life come out of your mouth and words of love, emotions of love. And you're going to get rid of the emotions of fear. So as we yield to the Holy Spirit's power in our life, he gives us the power to overcome our self-centeredness because that's sort of what it is, isn't it? When we let our emotions run amok, it's really self-centered because it's all about us and we're not thinking about how we're affecting the people around us. Now, the last one. So we need to check our emotions, we need to challenge them and we need to change them by the power of the Spirit in us. But the last one. He will make your path straight. What does a, path, a straight path look like? I'm just going to quickly read you some scriptures and you'll get an idea of what a straight path looks like and, wow, it's fantastic. And I want to walk on that straight path. Psalm 16, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's a straight path. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and goodness and truth and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. That's a straight path. Listen, my son, accept what I say. Be teachable. And the years of your life will be many. That sounds good. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. When we're on that straight, straight path, we won't stumble. When we stick with God and trust him with all our heart, we won't stumble. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. And Satan will put obstacles and roadblocks in our way. But God will show us and direct us how to get around them, how to move them, how to, to change our emotions around that situation. Isaiah says, The path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. So it's a righteous path. It's a path of righteousness. Isaiah says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. That's the straight path where you'll get the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Don't you want that? That intimacy with God where you're walking so close to him that he shows you hidden riches. Hebrews, so lift up your hands that are dangling and brace your weakened knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame in you won't be put out of joint but will heal. So it's a place of healing. 
emotional healing, physical healing. That straight path is a road of healing. Jeremiah, they will come with weeping and by their prayers for the future, I, would lead, I will lead them. I will make them walk by streams of water on a straight path in which they will not stumble. So it's a path where there's living water. We're walking along a road full of living water, the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. So it's a path where as we walk along it, we shine brighter. We shift atmospheres wherever we go. We minister to people just by being who we are in God. So let me just read this to you because this should be really encouraging. If, to, to manage your emotions, the reward is huge when we manage our emotions. It's not always going to be easy, but the reward is huge. And we can receive this reward here on earth. It's not what we're waiting to get to heaven. We can have this reward now. As we partner with him, as we trust him and acknowledge him in everything, keeping our hearts unhindered by fickle, unhealthy emotions and desires, but focusing on love, honour, beauty, respect, kindness, he will partner with us and cause us to walk a straight path, a path of fullness, of life and joy, a path of loving kindness, goodness, truth, faithfulness, righteousness, a path of wisdom and instruction, a path of healing and health to our body and refreshment to our bones, a path of treasures and hidden riches where we will discover revelations and hidden mysteries of God, a path where we won't stumble, a path where rivers of living water flow, a path of light that shines brighter and brighter and shifts atmospheres, dispelling darkness and bringing in the light and glory of God's kingdom. That path is available to us now. And we are all walking on it already to an extent, but some of us are allowing potholes and um, boulders and, and things to get in our way. Andrew's spoken before about having a straight, smooth path in your heart, and I love the picture of this, like a clear runway for the Holy Spirit to land and bring the mysteries and revelations of God, a path that's got no potholes, no stumbling blocks, no twists and turns, no crooked ways. And those sort of things make it more difficult for God to be able to bring you his truth because they create obstacles in the way. And of course, there's Satan who's always going to be trying to throw us off course as well with our emotions. So we need to, to allow God, the power of God in us to manage our emotions. Because what's the alternative? What's the alternative? I'll tell you what it is. Don't trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean fully on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge yourself and you will make your path crooked. Not God. You will make your path crooked. So be encouraged. If you feel that your path has been a bit crooked lately, God is always going to come through for you because he has promised that the good work that he started with you, he'll bring to completion. So be encouraged. If there's crooked ways in your path, which there has been in mine, and I'm sure Satan will come and tempt me with wanting to create more crooked paths, be encouraged that the power of the Spirit in you can control your emotions and you can keep your path straight. So check them, challenge them, change them, and you'll have the heart of a champion. You know, it also, to me, 
it sounds like a forerunner, doesn't it? The path of someone who can run ahead in their hearts because their path is smooth. There's a clear way. You can run ahead on your path and you can run to the things of God, the hidden things of God, because there is a clear, smooth path to take you there. And that's what a forerunner is, is isn't it? That, that excites me. I want to see ahead in the future of what God's doing. So I want to create that straight path so I can see more clearly. So let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are a big God, that you are a big God of love and that you are here to help us manage our emotions. Thank you that every emotion is understood by you and by the power of your spirit in us, we can change emotions. You tell us not to be fearful, stressed, anxious, worried, defensive, offended, jealous. And you tell us to lay aside all bitter words, outbursts, insults. And these all originate from negative thoughts. And you provide a way for us to do that. You just don't say do it but not provide a way. You provide a way. You've given us an incredible brain that can renew our mind. You've given us an incredible Holy Spirit that can help us, that can lead us into all truth. God, we want to be the sort of people who you can trust, who you can trust with new things, who you can trust with revelation. We want to be the sort of people who walk into a room and shift atmospheres because of your presence that we carry. We want to be the sort of people that dispel the darkness. We want to be the people, Lord, that just by our presence in a room, it ministers to other people. When they hear our words, your words come out of our mouth. Because, God, when your words come out of our mouth, as we begin to speak your words and not our own, we'll begin to see miracles all around us. Thank you, God, that you have given us the capacity that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You have given us the capacity to manage our emotions and to bring you the glory in everything that we say and everything that we do and to reflect your glory to our children, to our family, to our friends, Lord, and to bring people, God, into your love and into your kingdom, God, that people may know the greatness of your love, the greatness of your power, Lord, that people would be rescued from the pit, God, of out-of-control emotions, that people would be rescued from the claws of Satan, God, who would try and keep us trapped in our negative negativity and in our unbelief, Lord. Help us, God, to unlock your truth in our lives. Help us, Lord, Lord, to recognize the lies of the enemy and to understand your truth. I thank you, God, for all my friends. I pray, Lord, that over this Christmas season, Lord, they would know the peace that passes all understanding. And I pray, Father, that your love and your light will flood us over this season and in the year to come. We bless you, God. We praise you and we love you so much. We give you all our hearts, Lord. We thank you, God. You are so wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen.